If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. Our show provides film and TV reviews from four friends that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me this week is John Park. How's Hello. It going, how's it going, brother? It's going good. Busy. Um, just good, but a lot of good entertainment. Oh, yeah. Recently, so excited. For sure, for sure. Today we'll be reviewing West Side Story as well as discussing our top five songs from movies. Now, we have some rules to go along with our top five. Namely, uh, the songs that we picked could not have come from a Disney movie because otherwise it would just be, what, like top 10, top 15 Disney songs. So uh, we did that to make it a little bit more challenging. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, um, revealing our list to you, our listening public. But first things first, uh, John, uh, we're reviewing West Side Story today. We went and watched this movie together. That was the first time I've been back in the theater since, I would say, uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, No Way Home, no Way Home. Some, yeah. something home. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, home something. But anyway, yeah, it, it was like two and a half months, and it was really, really uh, good for me to get back into the theater. I wanted to ask you what your experience was going back. For me, at least, I, ha- I haven't left. Um, it was fun. I mean, I don't think if if people don't know, Myron has a kick-ass theater system projector. <laughs> well, 8K, you know what? What are you? What are you? Whatever you call it, just, just 4K, just 4K recliner, <laughs> recliner seats and all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Myron, you'll agree as well. It's, it's just something nostalgic about going to the theaters, getting yeah. that popcorn, you know, that that uh, fountain. Water down Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, enjoying a flick, yeah. Do you, do you remember the first thing I said to you when we sat down and the uh, the trailer for that Owen Wilson, Jennifer Lopez movie came up? Do you remember the first thing I said? No. I said, damn it, it still looks better in the theater than it does at home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was like... <laughs> Even for a J-Lo movie. <laughs> yeah. No, so like I was sad. I was like, ah, oh, dang it, my... my home theater isn't up to snuff but at the same time i was like yeah it better not be up to snuff because like there has to be something that makes us want to constantly go to the theater otherwise right. i'll just wait and watch everything at home you know right yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh your your theater is fairly close <laughs> yes yes very close i must say yeah very yeah. comfortable too so, so you enjoyed it and you liked it I, I i know you had mixed feelings about the movie which we'll talk about in a little bit but it was yeah. but you like the Oh yeah, I overall. mean every time I go to oh yeah I'll go to theaters. I'm um, just going there. Yeah, like I yeah. said, it's a nostalgic feeling, the smell, the uh, just being there. You know, um, the knowing that you know ten thousand people have sat on the seat yeah. and I'm sitting on yeah. So so <laughs> the sticky floors. A little story about this. Uh, God bless John's heart here. Um, so. I made a deal with my wife. Uh, she would let me to. She would let me go out and watch this movie uh, after I put the kids <laughs> down. My wife went to go eat chicken wings with a friend of hers, right? <laughs> oh, no. uh, at a restaurant that was. She's not even going to listen to this. She never listens to our podcast. So that's why. <laughs> Is this on blast? Yeah, okay, let's go. on blast. Here we go. So she uh, has been in like this this fitness kick. So she says basically, "Oh, we're going to run." To the theater, or to the, not the theater, to the to the restaurant, and then we're yeah. gonna eat and come back. So I told, I looked at her skeptically, and I was like, "All yeah. right, so you're going to go walk to the restaurant. You're gonna drink probably what a pitcher of beer, and then you're gonna <laughs> run back in time for me to leave and get to the theater by a certain time." She said, "Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine." Nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope is not just Jordan Peele's next movie coming out. Uh, she she was very late, which made me very late. And I was supposed to meet John at the theater bar. We were supposed to grab some drinks. Uh, but God bless his heart. We did not have time for that. We were actually, uh, we got into the theater, what, like five minutes into the trailers? And he had yeah. like a triple shot of whiskey <laughs> waiting for me. And I was like, oh, brother, this you read my mind. That was I know amazing. who needed it. I know yeah, I needed time, it that yeah. night. I needed it. I needed every sure. night, which <laughs> which probably means I have a I, I deal with my problems in, in a not very healthy way. But yeah, I need it most nights. Hey, we have a lot going on in our lives. Yeah, yet. we do. We do. All right, John, I, I can guess the answer to this next question I'm going to ask you. But what is the next movie you're going to watch in the movie theater? I am Vengeance. <laughs> That's not bad. That's that That's was actually bad. Vengeance was the uh, the um I guess the 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 production name for it. No. But yes, the Batman. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I gave you credit for that. Yeah. Nice, because your other per- impersonations are are a little off, but yeah. that was actually quite yeah, good. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> All right, so that that was a little bit of small talk from from us to you. Hopefully, we didn't bore you guys. Next is the rundown on the latest in entertainment news. 
There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? The girl with the deaf family? Yeah. yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting. Something's got a hold on me here. What are you doing next year? Working with my family. Let me tell you now. I've got a feeling. I feel so strange. Everything about me seems to have changed. I've been coaching for Berkeley College of Music. I can help you get a scholarship. I want to do this. There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? required to have a hearing individual on board at all times. I can't stay with you for the rest of my life. I've never done anything without my family before. So the SAG Awards just took place last night. Uh, John and I uh, had a chance to watch this. Uh, what were some of the big surprises for you, if there was any? And also, let me ask you, what are what were the awards that were passed out that you were like, damn right, like that just made you happy, like validation for you? Uh, well, I guess I want to, what comes to mind off the bat is the surprise and the damn yes that was awesome was actually squid games yeah um two actors winning uh best supporting in their roles um a best actress and best actor actually yeah yes yeah. um and i think going into it you know uh, i think the hype was succession and um how you know it's just a strong as good as squid game was um succession was you know the the pop popular pick for uh award critics um and I think I was surprised that they won because of that. But I think um, after uh, thinking about it, I think the reason Squid Game was so good wasn't because of the gimmick and the um, kind of the new plots and kind of the twists in it. It was actually the acting for me. I think that kept the show together. Mm. So um, I think I was very satisfied that they they got their due. And um, yeah, always um, good to see uh other the foreign countries um get their get their due in in uh in the hollywood eyes um i i agree with you uh, in to some ex- extent uh, i really love that Yi jung Won. i thought he carried that show that miniseries and it was one of the best things i've seen in a while um i would have traded forgive me because because i love you jung, jung <laughs> but i would have traded her SAG Actress Award for the Ensemble Award because um, she was great, but I felt like she was also very good because her part was written so well. Um, And I would have just loved to see the entire ensemble um, get an award because there were so many great performances um, across the board, including, you know, of course, like our, our game master who won a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. You know, some people like him didn't get a, a, an award here. It would have been nice to see that. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. That whole yeah. cast, I think, um, carried the yeah the show. Yeah. Um, you and I both saw a little movie called uh, Coda recently. And yeah. uh, Coda won big here. It seemed as though like when Coda was nominated for Best Picture, people were like, Coda, what's Coda? 
And it's been building momentum slowly but surely. People have been watching it. And it had two big wins here at the SAG Awards, which usually marks some very good, what could potentially be some very good news at the Oscars. But I wanted to get your take on this. Um, Best Supporting Actor, Troy Kotzer for CODA, and also won Best Ensemble. Do you agree with these wins? And if so, what made Troy's win and what made that ensemble win so special? Why was it so well-deserved? Oh man, um, so I I didn't know about the movie um, until recently, and then I saw the SAG Awards, and right after the awards, um, me and my wife actually started the movie. We hmm. watched it right after the SAG Awards, and um, I gotta tell you, yeah, I haven't cried like that in a movie in a while. Um, it was so moving. I think why Troy won, I totally agree. Um, that scene, I'll just say that just just that scene. Um, at the end where she, he's he gets after the recital he asks his daughter to sing the song to her to him and um he's he's holding her neck to hear because he's deaf and and i think just the way he the nuances of his, his portrayal face. yeah yeah his face is so intense so um so moving you can tell like obviously he's a deaf person and he you can feel everything without him saying a word um, and I think that's just so powerful. I think uh, the the actors were all moved by that, and I think it's kind of um, a long time coming, maybe for the deaf community. But uh, yeah, the movie was just so moving, hmm. so amazing. I think it's definitely uh, they should have won. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't like that saying that people should win or they deserve certain things. But um, I think it's um, they they were they were amazing. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that movie, um, about 20 minutes in, it's like I was able to t- pretty much figure, okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and at the end of the movie, this is going to happen. Uh, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's just so good. And, um, I mean, we're going to review this next week with Kat, and uh, I'm going to probably repeat some of this. But it's like what they accomplished is so rare because – this type of movie is predictable and they're okay with that. But in the midst of that predictability, they're still able to surprise you with emotional moments and not turn you off because once drama becomes melodrama, you'll shut off to that. But they hit you at the end with three scenes in a row for me. It was the recital, that scene where he, uh, he touches his daughter's Mm -hmm. um, neck. And then also the, the, the audition. audition. Yeah. Three in a row where they didn't lose anybody it didn't border on cheesy or melodramatic and it just kept upping that emotional quotient that just kept it it was the same song too yeah it's sung to you know three different sets and yeah i think that's you're absolutely right it's when a movie can tell a, a predictable story uh with powerful acting and the way that the scenes are constructed like that scene in the recital when the the music goes out and you're you're hearing or seeing from the father's perspective of the audience reaction yeah to her singing i thought that was just ingenious and i think yeah those three scenes you're talking about like we haven't seen that before and i think that's something new how yeah. they twisted something um, predictable to uh, uh, to visually yeah. something we haven't seen before so connecting yeah. in a new way yeah I'll save some of my uh, review of this movie until next yeah. week. But uh, <laughs> yes, it was uh, incredibly powerful. And, uh, you know, the lead actress, Amelia Jones, who I, I had not seen before. Apparently she was on a Netflix show, I think called Lock and Key. But uh, yeah. yeah, she yeah, learned that show. Yeah, that she learned how show. to sign uh, to the point where it was fluent and she was able to sign and improv on set with her on-screen family. Um, she could sing really well. And she just carried that movie. She was a tomboy. She came of age. Um, did an amazing job, and of course Marley Matlin, Academy Award winner Marley Matlin, you know, was the anchor yeah. to that cast. You know, I thought yeah, so. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's a it's a good um, segue to what we're talking about today in music. Yeah. because yeah, I think that that music. I think as a um, as a person who who enjoys singing uh, myself, when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, she better have a great voice. She better yeah. like you know because it kind of hinges on if she can really sing, and her tone is just so beautiful. So I was glad that. Yeah. Chickasaw. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So before we get to our review of West Side Story, uh, we started this little uh, segment with Kat, the last episode that we had. It's called Lament, Rent, or Movie Going Event. Basically, I tell you a movie or a show, and you let me know if it's something you're not going to watch, Lament, something that's more of a rental, uh, meaning you're going to wait, save some money, watch it a little bit later, or is it a must-watch when it opens? And of course, if it's a TV show, it's not really a rental, but I think the the metaphor still applies. So. Okay. Here we go. First movie I wanted to go ahead and see if uh, what your thoughts are is Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan. Tessa Thompson returns. Sylvester Stallone does not, apparently, but, but who knows. And his adversary in the ring is Jonathan Majors, who we last saw in Loki. Is this a lament, rent, or a movie-going event? Movie-going event because Creed 1 and 2 was so good. And I okay. think it gives... Um, needs our respect to see it mm. i think um even though uh kugler is not directing you still um i think the hype for it because yeah one and two is so good especially one um i think it just garners anticipation because okay all right um even without Sebastian alone you'll still watch it oh yeah yeah i mean i i think i think one proved that he can play uh, a smaller role than you thought and still have the movie great um even though it, it had the plot had a lot to do with him but i think um before you would think that it would be all about him um and then i think two is a little more supporting and i think it's time where if you're gonna do a trilogy you kind of don't want him to you wanted to see if a Creed movie can stand without Stallone mm-hmm. and just kind of like his, um, I guess, aura around it, I think mm-hmm. would be um, hopefully strong enough to keep the, the story afloat because you, okay. you would hope that Creed would. Yeah, you want a closing chapter and I think it, it could be great if he wasn't part of it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. All right. Second movie. Speaking of the Creed series, Creed 2 director Stephen Capel Jr. returns and he will be directing Transformers Part 7, entitled Jesus. Rise of the Beasts. Uh, it stars Anthony Ramos. He is our lead character. We last saw him. Um, well, he was in Hamilton, and uh, we last saw him in uh, the uh, John Chu film, um, yeah. which the movie's name escapes me at the moment. Anthony Ramos. Oh, no, In the Heights. In, in the, the Heights. Heights. There you go. Oh, you go. oh yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's our lead actor. Yeah. And uh, here's the, the summary. Plot Unknown, reportedly based on the Transformers spin-off Beast Wars, which features robots that transform into robotic animals. Are you... <laughs> is this a lament, rent, or movie-going event? Oh, gosh. It's a rent. Okay. It's a rent. Um, yeah, as much as I love Transformers, I think I'm expecting the same rehash, kind of like how the Fast and the Furious franchise is going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen one in the theater since the, I think the sixth one. Okay. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it, I think it's just going to be a rehash, especially with like, they're using rise again in the, in the titles, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> rise of this rise of that. I mean, it's, right. it's kind of getting okay. old. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. As Laker fans, I want to get your take on this lament, rent or movie going event. Will you be watching winning time on hbo max this yes. is a look at the lakers dynasty inspired casting john c Riley as jerry bus i'm gonna run through this real quick jason clark as jerry west we got michael chiklis as red auerbach we have jason siegel as paul west who gets fired and gets replaced by pat riley played by adrian brody you have you have a genie bus you have sally field as jesse bus now is this a lament rent or movie going event movie going event all the way i saw the trailer and yeah. it got me so hyped yeah I, I was like transported back to the 80s yeah and <clears throat> with magic and um you know he 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 does look like him they make him look like he him. does and, yeah, exactly. yeah and i love john c Riley. um i think he's great i think he's gonna do an amazing job yeah as you know you know we i bleed purple and gold and um i think it's just the way it looks and everything they do the grittiness of it um, yeah, and I'm hoping they, they go all out and just kind of make it um, surreal but real at the same time. Okay. 
All right, cool. Yeah, for me, uh, to, I, I didn't tell you what I thought of all these, but uh, Creed 3, <laughs> definitely a movie-going event. Transformers, pre-COVID, it would have been a movie-going event. Post-COVID, I'm not so sure. I, I would say Rent and Winning Time, definitely a movie-going event. So uh, I think we agree across the board there. All right, that was our little segment there. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We're going to take a quick break and come back with a review of the film West Side Story. Stay tuned. This is my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life, a home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm going to think for myself. Tony, we need you if we're going to war. Who are you? Friend or foe? If you go with him, no one will ever forgive you. All right, we are back, and we will be reviewing the film West Side Story. Uh, here is a quick summary and adaptation of the 1957 musical. West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. So uh, this is basically a take on Romeo and Juliet. It's very obvious. Uh, it's front and center. They don't try to hide it. Um, and, of course, the original 1957 musical won quite a few Academy Awards. Spielberg stepped in and said, I want to do my take on it. We saw this film together, and I wanted to ask you first off, what worked in this movie to you? Yeah, uh, what worked in this movie? Uh, definitely the acting. Um, I think solid acting, great singing. I, I, I think it's great that Hollywood, um, with these type, these type of movies, are casting actors in Broadway musicals. Um, not like actors who can happen possibly sing, so there's no um, uh, train wreck wreck like Russell Crowe <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that happening again. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love that the majority of the cast was all uh, from Broadway. You know, they can deliver performance. Um, so I think uh, yeah, Ariana DeBose as um, the sister or yeah, the, the Rita Moreno yeah. character. Yeah. Yes. Um, she was, I think to me, what stood out, I think she had that Broadway charisma. I think um, she kind of jumped off the screen for me. Um, and let's see, I think, oh, um, the, so the, the leaders of the jets and the, the sharks, the David Alvarez as Bernardo and Mike fast as riff. I think their, their tension is what held the movie together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as, as much as the, uh, Bernardo. the story, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> Bernardo. can you roll your R's, John? <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> I cannot either. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, as, as good as, and, and central as the love story, um, is, I think their tension, I think is because the movie is about strife, I think, um, and division, uh, even with the love story. And I think that's their presence i think and acting and singing is what made it work uh i was have to point out the the best scene i think is when the jet boys get held up in that police station 
that yeah. number yeah. yeah i think was the best officer krupke yeah yeah <laughs> when he comes in he just finds everything disheveled yeah um i think the act the way the actors flow through the small room and then each one of them tell their story is so moving yeah. because because you hear their passion connect to the words they yeah. sing i think yeah. i think that was that was really moving okay got it yeah so i will preface everything i'm gonna say um with just by saying this i did enjoy the movie i liked it quite a bit but what you're gonna hear is probably more critiques than anything else because <laughs> when you remake a best picture film you're gonna have some strong opinions about what worked and what didn't work now yeah. What I think really, really worked is there is an extra level of dimension that the screenwriter Tony Kushner brought to the material in that the first movie didn't really give much context to the story. It didn't say what was happening around the Jets and the Sharks when they were having their turf war. Here, it's clear that uh, the area is becoming gentrified and the Jets and the Sharks are fighting over a piece of land and a neighborhood which won't even be there uh, very soon. So it makes it that much more ironic and also just more, um, what's the word? It makes you ask certain questions like what are they really trying to hold on to um mm -hmm. and it really is this is all they know it will be gone and maybe they're just looking for someone to fight against knowing that all this stuff will be gone eventually they yeah, both adds know to their intentions yeah. yeah yeah so you know in um the original film uh, lieutenant shrank didn't have that talk at the beginning saying oh you guys are just causing trouble it doesn't even matter because you know soon you know, all this is going to be gone that that yeah. wasn't there and that yeah. kind of sets up an interesting dynamic uh to the rest of the movie um yeah i mean in terms of performances you hit the nail on the head i think ariana debose definitely stands out uh but rachel ziegler was incredible as well i mean i think we all know the yeah. story uh, she was literally handpicked she responded to a casting call on twitter and yeah. was chosen out of 30,000 auditioners and she landed yeah, straight, the part. straight out of straight out of high school yeah straight out of high school yeah, yeah. she was still in high school when spielberg yeah. uh yeah yeah so uh all the performances were fantastic you know like you said the the gang leaders were great uh riffin bernardo i can't even say <laughs> it. yeah but uh yeah and of course the sets were amazing um yeah, I, I mean, I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the music. Um, but I will have more critiques than anything. Yeah, which, Yeah, which kind of takes me to my next question, John. What didn't work in this movie? Yeah, uh, I mean, as good as I said that, that scene um, in the police station with the Jets boys goes, and as good as the, the musical numbers are, um, they seem separated. So each musical number, I was it was like going from... I don't know. It was like pressing stop and play on a track list, if you will, for 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 a movie. And um, I don't. I'm, I can't. Still can't put my finger on like why that was. Um, I think as much as uh, the the movie, you know, obviously it 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 doesn't shy away from the Romeo and Juliet thing. I think uh, that's ultimately what I felt. Like felt like it was a copy of Romeo and Juliet. Like I love the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, even mm. though that was a, a like a remake also mm -hmm. uh, of of that story. But um, I mean, I I love it so much. I even named my daughter Juliet. Mm -hmm. but, uh, that film holds a special place in my heart. So even though the writers may have used it as influence, it's clearly there in the story. And this film just doesn't connect as much as the original to me. And I think mm. uh, to me, it's fair to to compare them um, because it, it's just so so close. And I think uh, that I keep going back to it in my mind as I'm, as I'm thinking about it. Um, so that's yeah. a big negative for me. Um, and and I, maybe that's why it kind of was, I was detached from the story because I was like, ah, oh, I yeah. know it's going to happen. Or I, I'm hope I think this is going to happen. Oh, that this person um, might not end up living, blah, blah, blah. So uh, yeah, the other big thing I think you might, you might, uh, I'll let you kind of continue is the cinematography. Yes. I mean, I was surprised yes. how how uh, I was thrown off at times when I, at certain scenes, and I was surprised it was uh, the Kaminsky, uh, longtime uh, yeah collaborator uh, with Spielberg. With, with, yeah, Spielberg. He did Schindler's List and War Horse. 
both beautiful films, like beautiful films. Um, and at some point I felt like um, it had to be on purpose, like the lighting um, uh, in in the scene in the 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 uh, the their bedroom yeah or the their living room and with the with the the clothes color hanging sheets. color yeah. sheets it's like why is it even there oh maybe they needed a, a you know a 12 by <laughs> like half stop stop uh a softener yeah. for the for the obvious um window light that they, they put there uh with for flares or something so yeah i think i think yeah maybe they made it purpose to make it look like a broadway set you know mm-hmm. so i was kind of thrown off so that was a yeah. big negative yeah i i will say this yeah i, I thought that uh there were elements of the visuals that were at odds with itself. Um, we know it came from Broadway, and and so some of the lights, uh, lighting in the film was very, uh, I don't have a better word for it, but sourcey. Like, uh, you know that it's not natural, and it's coming from a bright, brightly staged light. Like when uh, Tony first sees Maria, and she's out on her balcony, the light was shining on her in such a way where it, was very unnatural yet beautiful and very fitting for stage play. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, that's not the only time we see that type of lighting in, in the movie. And at other times, um, you know, we, we see this like harsh, like harshly backlit, um, you know, sets or, or places that they shoot in where um, there is light streaming in from a window behind them and they're supposedly mimicking the sun but it's anything but the sun the way it's yeah. so harsh and staged and uh, the light is just like shining right into your eyes and there's <laughs> it's creating all this flare and that combined yeah. and with with you know the traditional classical form of just like having a spotlight on someone when you're on broadway it's like they tried to mix both of that up and for me it just didn't jive it actually took me out of the movie to be yeah, quite honest really, with you, it really took me out. I, yeah. I, that big opening scene where it, it like, that's obviously is natural daylight. Yeah, you, you think, okay, this is a setup. They're gonna do this, and then it, I, I think that's why it was on purpose. The next scene, it's like so purposefully um, lit, and and I think, yeah, like you said, it, it. I think the fact that it throws you out of the movie, that's the issue. I think yeah. that that type of lighting is fine if it doesn't. Um, throw you off the movie but the fact that it did multiple times during the, yeah. the film i think yeah. is why it's uh, kind of yeah. off yeah and it seemed as though like yeah clothes hanging multiple different colors from clotheslines or whatever it was hanging from in their apartment really <laughs> served no practical purpose and so i was just staring at those thinking why are they there what's it for <laughs> other than for like adding mood to the set and it was <laughs> just extremely dividers. yeah very very distracting um yeah. the other thing is you know spielberg that my favorite director of all time god bless his heart he is incredible mm-hmm. i uh people are gonna hate me for this i don't think he brought anything new to the table here mm-hmm. um compared to the original and i know people are gonna be like what but yeah, yeah uh, and you know we talked a little bit about john chu he directed the shit out of in the heights he yeah. made those musical numbers his own oh, yeah. it, it had his fingerprints all over it i didn't yep. see that here i felt mm-hmm. like he just like okay People are dancing. Let's just put the camera here. Put the camera here. We'll make it cool. You know, and that's kind of... And it worked. It's fine. But, yeah, I mean, Spielberg got a nomination. John Chu didn't. To me, that's like, eh, I'm not really sure about that. Absolutely, absolutely. I I think it's, yeah, definitely reverence for Spielberg. But, but yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's very... I don't know. At the same time, it feels very Spielberg-y. Yeah, it does. Kind of... It's almost I don't want to use the word campy because it has a negative connotation, but I you know there's there's this there's this feel goodness about it where it's just kind of a adventure ride, um, one scene to the next, yeah. and yeah yeah as much as we revere Spielberg, I think it's coming to a point where where you know he makes a movie one every you know five years or ten years, you kind of want something new from him. Yeah yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you know, I, I have just a few more things. I swear I'm going to just power through these. I'm yeah, just going to name them off because I don't want to skip any of them. A yeah. few things, a few other things I didn't like. Um, from the original movie, they actually changed the order of the songs a little bit. Uh, in this film, I Feel Pretty comes right after. <laughs> Maria sings I Feel Pretty because she's in love mm-hmm. with Tony. Yeah. That that little musical number comes right after her brother gets killed, which is a little <laughs> odd for me. I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know about the timing of this. 
Um, so yeah, there was that. Um, there was a uh, intended rape scene, I guess is the best way to call it. Um, yeah. It was only hinted at in the original, but they were a lot more on the nose. And it just felt for me to be distasteful. I, I didn't like it. I didn't think it needed to be there. Yeah, um, I, I didn't. I didn't like it because of the, the way that it shifted. I mean, such a tone, crucial tonally. part. Of the, yeah. In, in in the plot. Yeah. Of um, Ariana DeBose's character, like where Maria, uh, she she goes, she, not to to say one thing, and then because of that, it it just yeah. the consequences of that. Yeah. Um, I think it just shifts. It, it was just kind of like way too forced for me in yeah. that sense. Um, I know that it's a, such a heavy-hearted subject and scene, but I think the plot movement from shift right away, it, it just kind of was too jarring. Yeah, and honestly, so in in the original, it was hinted at, and of course that uh, motivation that Anita gets is key in uh, to her lying to... Right. Um, I don't know... I, I honestly can't remember remember at this point if she lied to Tony or Maria. I think she lied to Maria. Maria, yeah. 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 But um yeah, it just felt like they tried to do more with the scene than needed to be there. And it felt very heavy-handed because if these guys are really willing to go through with this in a public place <laughs> inside of a restaurant owned by somebody else, I don't think that oh restaurant owner who in this case of course is played by Rita Marino, Rita yeah. Marino, her coming out saying, "Stop it." Yeah, I don't think they would stop it if they're that angry. They probably would have clocked her upside the head and, and you know done what they're gonna do. Yeah, so, I think everything in that scene was forced. Yeah, with, yeah, with the Jets boys too. Like you, you, you kind of almost you know end up really liking them because you you hear where for the through song where they come from and yeah, um, the struggle in their hearts and they're just they're just misdirected boys, and then in that scene just blows it up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I I, I didn't like. How what it did to the movie? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had a couple others, but I'm just gonna end it here. Um, the the other thing I didn't like was uh, this subject matter felt dated in a way that the previous West Side Story didn't, and and Romeo and Juliet didn't. In that, you know, in one of the key scenes, we know that Tony kills Bernardo, uh, Maria's brother, and then when he goes to see her, she says. It's all good. Let's go run away. And I'm like, the guy just <laughs> killed your brother. It doesn't play off like naive, innocent love. It plays off as stupidity in this movie. Uh, to, to be, I know that's a that's a harsh term, but that's how I took it. I was like, I, I don't buy yeah. it this time. I yeah. don't buy it. Is that how you yeah. felt? Yeah, it, it, I think that scene. Yeah, like you said, even in the original, or um, especially in Romeo and Juliet, the in the movies, there's a there's a there's a transition even though it's from a single um a few minutes from each other mm-hmm. where her character just kind of goes through the anger by seeing him and acknowledging he's there and you feel the turmoil of you know obviously the love for him and her loss of her brother but it's i don't know and and I can't put it anywhere other than the direction um and just kind of the editing so yeah i agree with you it's a little like in your face bam Mm. bam bam and then on to the next yeah okay all right any other thoughts john that you had about this film sorry i know i talked so long i hugged up all the the airtime but uh, i love it no no i I like that we're uh i was able to bounce off you on those things Mm -hmm. yeah uh i give it three and a half stars um it has it has its drawbacks, and uh, overall, I did appreciate the original more, even though the performances here I think are, are a lot uh, better. But uh, yeah, I mean, enjoyable film, um, still really a, a good watch. I would say uh, the musical numbers were very entertaining, but I just uh, had to knock it uh, off, you know, or knock off a few stars because of just the issues that I also mentioned um, earlier. Just curious, John. If um, I mean. I'll be reviewing Coda uh, later this week with Kat, and uh, you had gushed about it. Uh, just on, on a side note, uh, if you had to give yeah. Coda a, a score, what would you give it? It's five. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. I think right. that was right. one of the best uh, movies I've seen in a while, um, top to bottom, emotionally, dramatically, storytelling, acting, everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. 
All right, so now for our little fun segment that we have in store for you all. John and I will go through our top five songs from movies. Uh, we will go ahead and start with that after the break. Stay tuned.僕が一番恐れていたのは音を失うことだった。今回は私たちの決まりでドライバーを用意します。というと彼女です。渡利美咲です。僕はまだドライバーを君に頼むことにどうしてない。私が若い女だからですか？ 1ヶ月半の稽古と2週間の本番です。ずるい人だ。はい、そこまで。失礼。君はどうして広島に実家の裏が山なんです。大雨で地滑りが起きて母はその事故で亡くなったんです。お父さんって素敵じゃないですか。
Yeah, there's a lot in I think the uh, older movies that I kind of don't really remember, mm-hmm. um, but I've seen it and when I was really young, and I don't uh, know it like, and I didn't really like like the songs like were into the, the that type of music like uh, Mr. Robin, Mrs. Robinson, <laughs> The Graduate, um, yeah, yeah, The Staying Alive, Saturday Night Fever, yeah. Um, yeah, these type of songs I think it's it's kind of like flew over my head, but. I think are just great for the films. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our list. This is exciting. I don't know your list. You don't know oh, my shoot. list. Shoot. What okay. is your number five? Uh, okay. Uh, Purple Rain. <laughs> nice. Prince for Purple Rain. <laughs> I mean, like Prince is just nice. amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably, it, even movies aside, one of the greatest uh, songs yeah. probably from Prince that people agree on. Have you seen that movie? I've never seen the movie. I know the song. It's I haven't seen the movie. Not the full full yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I didn't mean to cause you any pain. It's a long, long song. I remember. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, purple rain. Yeah, you remember? You know, songs were like seven, eight minutes, and it was glorious back then. Yes. Yeah, and I like that that song. You know, obviously the the iconic guitar solo. Yeah. That goes on forever. Yeah. yeah. All right. My number five. Yes. Adele, Skyfall. Ooh. The best Bond song in the best Bond movie. IMO. IMHO, in my honest opinion. <laughs> um, All caps. So to me, the perfect James Bond song has an amazing vocal, has hints of the James Bond theme in it, and properly lays out the character journey that James Bond goes on throughout the course of that movie. Um, I love that this has nothing to do with a love story, but about his own personal, how Bond struggles with his own personal demons and struggling with the question whether, whether he's relevant or not. And I feel like that's all captured in this song, even though the title Skyfall is very vague and we don't know what it means until maybe like two hours into the movie. But even operating around that uh, obstacle, she still uh, performs and writes and uh, one kick-ass song, which did win best uh, best original song. So Adele is, in fact, an Oscar winner. So that's my nice, number five. Nice. Yeah, All right. that, was, that was a good one. All right, what's your number four? One more uh, honorable mention I forgot to mention. Okay. It may be in your top five. Uh, okay. Danger Zone. <laughs> oh. Top Gun. <laughs> yes, not, not, not on my list, but definitely, definitely one it of my favorites. All right, number four, um, Eye of the Tiger. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it sucks that it was uh, for Rocky Three, I believe, and not Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the weaker uh, Rocky movies. But, um, I mean, you can't not think about that song and just get pumped up. Um, not Not just for Rocky, but in life in general yeah working out uh starting the day whatever i think maybe one of the greatest theme songs um and and i think what made that song so amazing was have you heard his version of just vocals he's such an amazing singer uh, uh survivor it's like piercing yeah uh, it's just piercing I it. yeah. yeah um so it's so great that's cool perfect also, perfect for the movie he also sang Burning Heart in Rocky IV, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very nice. You know, you know, it's a little uh, bit of trivia that people may not know is in the Karate Kid, that song, You're the Best. You're mm-hmm. the best around. around na, 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 na. Yeah. That, that was supposed to be for Rocky Three, um, oh, And uh, he, they ended up taking that out and just yeah putting an Eye of the Tiger instead. And I yeah. thought it was, a, it was a good decision from, yeah. from Mr. Sly. It works. It works. Yeah. All right. Wow. Well, he well, he actually replaced it with Iron Tiger. Yeah, and uh, oh, wow. the director wow. of Karate Kid, John G. Avildsen, um, mm-hmm. you know, is a friend of of Sylvester Stallone's. Obviously, yeah. he directed him in, in you know the first Rocky film. So mm-hmm. I think he just kind of said, "Here, take the song. Oh, Go ahead. Go it's ahead, a good homie." One too. Yeah, it's a good one too. Good honorable mention, Karate. Yeah, kid. Power All of right. Love as well. <laughs> yes, Peter Cetera. <laughs> Classic. All right, my number four is Another Day of Sun in. One of my favorite movies, La La Land, and in my opinion, is the second best movie to have not won Best Picture behind Saving Private Ryan. I'm still pissed about they that, by the did. way. They almost did. Yeah. yeah. We thought they did. Apparently. We thought they did. Yeah. So uh, if I remember correctly, City of Stars actually won Best uh, Original Song for this. But anytime I hear that song, I think of 
Ryan Gosling's sleepy voice in my head. City of Stars. <laughs> no it's just like <laughs> singing it like he's. Uh, you gotta take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, but another day of sun. That opening number on the freeway, it just gets you. You leave your reality behind, and now you're in this like hyper realistic Los Angeles where this movie takes place. If that song didn't work, then I, I yeah. don't think we would have been transported, and the movie wouldn't have been as good. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that love fact song. Where, where a song really kind of transports you, like you said. Yeah, I think that's the power of the song, especially to the movie in that scene, or yeah. you, you know, just just the aura of uh, it just encapsulates that that movie. Yeah, for sure. All right, we went through number five, number four. What is your number three? Uh, Lose Yourself Ooh. by Eminem. I think it did win a Grammy, right? Yeah, it won an Oscar um, as well. And Oscar, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's I, my number, number three one. as well, by the way. Oh, it is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, number uh, one reason, Mom Spaghetti. Yeah, vomit <laughs> on my sweater two. already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number two, uh, like we were talking about, like it encapsulates. Um, uh, this takes us to that moment. I think uh, encapsulates B Rabbit's story yeah. in you know in five minutes, and and the grit and tone. I think uh, of the film. I think it uh, works perfectly, especially when where Eminem came from. Yeah. Um, I think it was such a. You think like oh, it's a a, a, a hip hop rapper's origin story. Oh, it's gonna be like you know campy or this and that, but it, it was such a almost like an indie film feel. And I think that that song, the production, really worked for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, when he performed that at the Super Bowl, uh, for me, it was my favorite moment in that halftime show, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was such a good song. You know, like, I remember the the story going around at the time. It was a joke because uh, Scorsese hadn't won his Oscar yet. And uh, people were joking, uh, yeah. saying, Oscars, Eminem won, Scorsese zero. <laughs> that was the joke back then. Yeah, I think I think was he like was it the Eminem's performance where they 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 cut to Scorsese and he was like had his eyes closed and uh, I don't know if he was sleeping. Or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, but uh, definitely definitely a good one. What's your number two? Number, th- number two. Um, oh, one two, one two. Okay, I'll put it at two. My heart will go on. Oh damn, that's my number two as well. Leon. Oh, nice. Yeah, maybe our number ones will be the same too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say anything else about the song. You, you, like, uh, same reason for three, it encapsulates the movie. You can't not hear the song and not see that movie in your head. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, it, yeah, encapsulates, I think, the Leo and Kate's um, story. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. When I first heard this song, it was really good. But I, so when when I hear a good song, and it gets played out, eventually over time, I'm able to hear that song again and be like, oh, it was a good song. It it just got played out, but it, I appreciate it once again because I haven't heard it in a while. Right. 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 My heart will go on. I still can't like to me. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> the not song again. will go on. Oh my on. god, not again. <laughs> the song but, will go on. <laughs> yeah, but it's still number two on my list because. It's that good. Like the first time you yeah. hear it, it's that good. It really yeah. is that good. Even though it's been over, it, to me, it's been, for me, it's the most overplayed song in all of history, personally. <laughs> but it, it's, I, I, it was that good. It was. Yeah. It, it, it fit perfectly with the movie. And it did. I think, I think it, it just, even if they didn't have lyrics to it and you just had the instrumental, it would have been great as a soundtrack for that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if John Williams made a score just with that metal, melody. Um, so I think yeah, and obviously Celine and her prime doing that number, and you know we all know what Titanic did for numbers. So. Yep, absolutely. Number all right, do we, number do we one. need to say number one? Right, you <laughs> s- just sing me the the sing me a line of the song. If I <laughs> should that that, that breaks the rule, but but the judge will allow it. Okay, we we disagree, sir. But okay, yeah. you can't have movies talk about movie songs and not have this song. Um, I will always love you by the late great Whitney Houston. Mm. Um, I think yeah, it was funny to me. I was I was thinking about putting this in, and I didn't want to, but it was just it was so good. Uh, it wasn't nominated for an Oscar, 
you know why songs were <laughs> you know why why because why? it wasn't written for the movie it was a remake of a dolly parton song yeah but it but it's okay 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 <laughs> yeah uh, we, we the judge yeah, will yeah. allow it yeah it, but it was yeah it, it was in the soundtrack and i think it was like it was the same time so they put it in and then didn't the song come out for the movie and then yeah came out after yeah yeah i think yeah it's just, it was just so powerful and i think like i said it works with the film I think it's just one of the greatest songs of all time anyway. And yeah, I, I love the song. I hated yeah. the movie. Oh, I, I did not. I, I don't buy Costner as a bodyguard. <laughs> I, I don't understand that rule where when you hire a hitman and you try to call them off, uh, they'll, they'll go through with it anyway. It's like, what? <laughs> the, I think I, the end was came out good. perfectly in the that end time. Was good. Yeah. Yeah. In that time frame of movies, you know when the with the I think late eighties and nineties, early nineties, with like even the Bond movies being kind of like on the tacky, cheesy side. Yeah. Even with the action films, I think it was perfect with yeah. that type of uh, what was going on in, in, with movies, yeah. that type of movies uh, back then, and yeah. and I think it worked. I think it's one of the movie where I, if I see it on TV, you just kind of leave it on in the background. Yeah, and then you just kind of like end up watching like long parts of it yeah um it's one of those movies for me so yeah i just nostalgia yeah. plus my mom is that's like her favorite movie of all times so. yeah you know a little bit of backstory on that is uh kevin costner would not let anyone else play that part um wow. and the studio studio execs didn't want it didn't want whitney because mm-hmm. number one she's never acted before and number two she was black so that kiss at the end when that song plays was right at least in the minds of of the studio, extremely controversial, but I thought it worked wow. so well. And their chemistry was undeniable. They yep. were so good together in that movie. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, I guess, shocking and not shocking to hear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, exactly. they did a great job. I mean, All I right. think uh, Costner is very underrated as an actor. So. Yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to sing the words to my number one song. Uh-uh. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Uh, uh. I was hoping you'd sing the other part. (laughs) Is there something else you're searching for? Yes, the shallow. Exactly. (laughs) The shallow is my number one song. And to me, uh, I don't think people understand how much I love A Star is Born. I thought the first hour and a half, it was a perfect film. Perfect. And then it got really weird, like when that manager came on and uh, they tried to turn her into a pop star. And to me, the movie just took took a like a massive off swan dive. Yeah, yeah, it went off the rails. <laughs> but man, that first hour and a half, and just like even those scenes where like Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are walking around like a like yeah. a grocery store in the middle of the night, yeah. and they're just talking. And when he takes her on stage and she's singing for the first time, yeah. holy cow! This yeah. song. Oh God! I yeah. One of my favorite movie going moments. I love wow. this song. Um, I can't believe yeah. they uh, they were gonna only do it uh, play it in the credits. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. it. Was so good when she sang that live, and like she yeah. didn't even believe that she herself couldn't sing it in that moment. And yeah. like truly in that moment, like a star is born. Not to sound yeah. cheesy or cliche. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, th- I think it's so crazy. They were not even gonna use it in scenes, and I think it's such a such a powerful pivotal part um like as as you mentioned and part of that that whole story it, it even yeah it, it just it just works i think yeah. every aspect of that movie uh but yeah. I, I think i was watching something somebody talk about that is um it's kind of a foreshadowing of what goes on in the yeah. movie and how she's like you know like i'm on the deep end yeah watch as i dive in and i think as part of a like a i don't know some yeah uh about suicide and things like that so yeah it was it was very powerful i think if i flip my screen and i show if you can see what my list is and the numbers it's actually Ah. number six so Ah. i should have mentioned it but i was just looking at all the stuff for me the opening is incredible from just a simple little guitar it's just like an e minor d over uh f sharp to a g super simple the duet and then it kicks into high gear and gaga just kicks in with that voice where she's just like Oh, and then she's. I'm by the way, the by yeah. the way, audience, the Myron is a musical genius. FYI, but okay, go on. <laughs> not not a musical genius, not really. <laughs> he knows things about the actual music, yes. and keys, <laughs> and chords. <laughs> sometimes, not yeah. always, but sometimes. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was our list. That was really fun. 
Um, uh, we gotta do like we should do just Disney then by itself. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we could do that. Yeah. Did you like that, Encanto by the way? Did you like Encanto? I actually haven't seen it yet. Okay. All yeah. Right. Can't wait to get your thoughts because Lin Manuel yeah. Manuel Miranda did all the music. Yeah. And uh, uh, my my son is in love with the song called uh, "We Don't Talk About Bruno." Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. It's okay. really good. Yeah, <laughs> whoever anyway. Bruno is, sorry. <laughs> All right. Yep. Poor Bruno. We don't talk about him. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll be back in a little bit uh, with our next episode, in which Kat and I will be reviewing two Oscar-nominated films, Nightmare Alley, as well as Coda, which we already kind of <laughs> reviewed today. Uh, but after that, uh, we have some more exciting uh, episodes planned. We'll be reviewing some of the other Oscar-nominated films, and eventually we'll be bringing the group back together to go ahead and talk through uh, our Oscar predictions, who will win and who should win. So that should be really fun. But until then, that was our episode. We will be back next week. Until then, we just want to remind you, it's not so much the destination, but the things you watch and experience along the way. Stay safe, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>